So let's pray really quick. Lord Jesus, I just praise you and I thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we could be here. Lord, that you've, you've brought us out. And Lord, um, I pray that we would be responsible to prepare our hearts to receive your word, to hear what you're saying, Lord, including myself. And Lord, um, we want to worship you, not just in song, but we want to worship you as we hear your word and then as we live it out, Lord, in our lives. Lord, as we apply the Bible to our lives. And Lord, we just thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Yeah, so um, if you guys remember what I was talking about at the beginning of uh, Joshua 13 last week, um, I was talking about resistance, if you guys remember, pockets of resistance. And if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you may sometimes grow disheartened or disillusioned or, you know, just, you know, I mean, um, discouraged because there's certain things in your life that still seem to be there, right? That you would have thought, man, that bad habit, that sin that constantly trips me up, you know, I mean, Paul talked about it um, in different things, uh, you would think that it was gone, you know? Uh, some things disappear immediately when we come to the Lord, Mike. And some things go away without us even thinking about it. Um, like uh, me, me, myself, uh, I used to listen to a lot of music, right? And I'm not talking about um, worship music. I'm talking about... Um, I used to listen to the rap music that your parents used to tell you not to listen to, okay? You know, one of my favorite, you know, I, I used to listen to Wu-Tang Clan and, uh, you know, um, all, all those guys, all those guys, those guys that know how to say bad words more than they say nice words, all right? And um, man, I was cool. I was a Christian. I love Jesus, right? Ain't nothing wrong with a little Wu-Tang Clan busting out in your SUV as you're driving along. And, and then you realize that these things are actually affecting you in your subconscious conscious life, right? And, and you can kind of uh, see those things uh, in a couple of different ways. How you quickly react to things. Um, you can, it's an indicator of what is actually feeding into the foundation, the fabrics of your life, okay? So one test for me was like, instead of when something bad happened, uh, let's say you're about to get into a car accident or something like that, what are some of the things that fly out of your mouth? That's an indicator of, of, of uh, the things that you're feeding in where you say to yourself, it's cool. Doesn't affect me, man. Like, honestly, guys, like, um, I was known by my friends in school as the kid that didn't curse. I didn't say swear words, all right? I, I did not say swear words in public, but that didn't mean I wasn't saying swear words in my heart. You know what I mean? I know some of you guys, I know some of you guys are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, in your heart. <laughs> You know, certain so-and-so comes talking to you and you're like, mother praise you, Lord. <laughs> you know, what's in our hearts, right? Those things feed what's in our hearts. 
So, it, you know, those, those things, those, um, those things that are still hold up in there. And sometimes I have the opportunity and the power to get rid of them, right? But what I'm talking about is I used to listen to this music. Now, when I started walking with the Lord closer and closer and closer, and I was in discipleship with the Lord and, and saying, Lord, I want to read your word. It wasn't a thought to me to stop listening to that music. It just happened. I just had no time, right? I had no time. But I'll tell you this. If somebody plays one of those songs, I know every single word, right? Because those things are ingrained. The Lord made our minds very powerful, right? I can recall things from 30 years ago, like it was yesterday. I mean, the other day I was working with Juan, I smelt something and all of a sudden my mind went back to a day I entered into somebody's home and I smelled that smell that I had smelled. The Lord made our minds amazing. I just thought to myself, I didn't even remember that occurrence until I smelt that. And then in my mind, I remembered entering into this home and smelling that smell. I was like, that's crazy. That's crazy how the Lord made our minds, right? But we also have to watch out what we let in. Because a lot of times our filters are all clogged up because we're watching things we shouldn't watch. We're listening to things we shouldn't listen to. And that's making the, the battle harder in my inner life, in my inner man. And it's as easy as just saying, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. I can remove it and it won't bother me anymore. But that's the hard thing about those little sins. I, I've said this before. The problem with, with sin isn't that um, it's very strong. It's that we like it. That's why we keep doing it. Right? Why don't you get rid of certain sins in your life? Because it's pleasurable. Right? Like the psalmist wrote, keep me from willful sin. And, and I've said before, I read that and I think to myself, almost all my sin, almost all my sin is willful. <laughs> Uh-oh, right? Lord, help me. Help me to dislike what you dislike. To say, you know what? If the Lord says that's not good, then it's not good. And I'm just going to live like that. I'm not telling you, you got to put on like some weird clothes, go live up in a mountain because You'd be hard pressed to find a good mountain to live on in England, all right? But that's not the only reason. What I'm saying is we could live a holy life, a separated life before the Lord among the world. We live here. You know, you don't normally come up to me and say, wow, Pastor Dave is super weird, right? Like if you think I'm weird, keep it to yourself. But if you... <laughs> But honestly, we're supposed to be normal people that love Jesus, right? I can wear normal clothes. I can work a normal job. I can work hard at it because the Lord told me not to work as if I'm working unto man, but work as if I'm working unto the Lord. So a lot of times people may look and say, wow, you're a good worker. Yeah, it's because I work for my king. I do this job to the best I can do it. Right? So it's not, we people are going to ask us questions because of the hope that we have. Because that hope makes a difference in our lives. It changes our lives. 100%. So, um, 
the Lord was saying to Joshua, hey, listen, there's still, I've given you the land, but there's still going to be some battles. And we kind of saw that, that that's the same way with Christ. He's given us victory, but there's still some battles for us. The devil isn't, you know, um, he, he's, he's a pretty good enemy. He sticks around and he's been at it for a few thousand years at least, right? So it's not like, um, you know, the devil's like, oh, I'm kind of new at this. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to learn some new tricks. Let me go on YouTube, see what they got on there. You know, the devil got, he's got videos on YouTube to teach you. <laughs> you know, like, hey guys, if this light falls, just yell. I'll dive out of the way so this light doesn't hit me. And, um, but don't fake yell because then I'm going to dive and there's going to be no light falling. So watch it. All right. Don't cry wolf. All right. Are you guys awake this morning? Everybody's just like quietly sitting there. Like I'm not telling jokes. Come on, man. And, ah. I, I've stuck this thing probably like 50 times to the ceiling and 50 times it falls. So, um, Tom, if I, if I take it down, can we, can you adjust the cameras so, for the light? Yeah. That side's not coming down. So we'll leave it like that. It's just trying to get in a nice, close, lit shot on the side of my head. All right? So, um, yeah, we'll leave it like that. We'll just do this. I mean, at the end of the day, we are in a basement, okay? Where do you go to church? Underground. So, um, so remember, we talked about that battle of Iwo Jima, right, as, as like a like a picture, an illustration that the battle had been won by the allies, but the enemy wasn't letting up. It wasn't until six days later, the battles kept raging, even though the, bat, the, the fight for the island was won, they, the battle kept raging for six days. And then ultimately it took six years for one of the enemies to actually surrender. That may be the story of some of the things in your lives. It's okay. God is still at work. Victory is yours. Allow him to do that work and be a willing participant in the work. Say, Lord, help me. I want to walk with you. Show me what to do. I want to be obedient. But the Lord isn't like, oh man, this guy didn't get cleaned up in a night. I'm out. I'm leaving. All right. It's over for you. Listen, God would not walk with any of us if that was the case. He would have left me a long time ago if that was the case. But he is gracious and merciful, but that doesn't mean that I continue in sin and in doing things I shouldn't do. Remember what Paul said, you know, since, since, since sin abounds, uh, grace uh, increases, or if sin increases, grace abounds, right? But that doesn't mean that I continually sin so that grace will, <laughs> will increase, you know? Remember, Paul told us, listen, if I willingly continue to sin, it's as if I'm trampling the cross of Christ. I don't want that to be my story, that I trampled my Savior, that I took advantage of mercy and grace that he gave me, that I would willingly walk with him and let him have the victory in my life. Right? So, so we see that. And then now... Um, 
he tells them, the, the Lord tells them, I myself will drive out the people before you. So remember, the Lord is doing the work. He's doing the work for us in, in our lives. We have to willingly walk with him. And then we get to verse 8, and that's where we'll pick up today. And it says, um, half the tribe of Manasseh. So if you remember, there was uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. They were Joseph's sons. So that was the house of Joseph. Joseph didn't get, in a sense, he didn't get uh, a clan named after himself. They, they weren't called the Josephites or something like that, right? His two sons each got a clan, right? And they were the house of Joseph. So it was Manasseh and Ephraim. So the half-tribe of Manasseh and the tribes of Reuben and Gad had already received their grants of land on the east side of the Jordan. For Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously assigned this land to them. Um, so one thing that we see is um, they came and asked for land that wasn't in the promised land. But they had, they had conquered that land because those kings didn't want to let God's people through. So then the Lord said, you know what? If they're coming out to kill you, I'm going to give you the power to overtake them. You know, that we wanted, it says, like the Lord said, we wanted to peacefully walk through their land to get to the promised land. And they don't want to do that. So you're going to have to take them out. You're going to have to stop them. And um, so that's what, that's what happened with uh, King Og and King Sihon. So that's what happened. And they went, to, uh, they went through and they took out the, the, um, the inhabitants of that land. And then Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, um, they, they, didn't, they didn't want to go into the promised land, right? And they're like, oh, Moses, can we have this land? And Moses was like, at first, he didn't want to go with it. He was like, no, I'm not giving you that land. And they're like, can we please have that land? And one thing that I find with the Lord is this. If I really, really want something, and, and I see from God's word that I shouldn't have it, but then I insist on it, guess who's going to be the first one that says, go ahead, have your way? It's going to be God. Right? When I say, Lord, I really want this. Right? And the Lord's like, no, no, that's, that's not for you. Just leave it alone. Okay? I have something better for you. No, but Lord, I really want this. And if I continue on about it, the Lord will say, then have your way. Have your way. And I've told you this before. I, I actually... Um, as my children have gotten older, you know, like, let's say like, um, my, my older daughter, she's about 10, right? And, um, she will insist on things. So, you know, daddy, can I have a treat? No, it's not time for a treat. It's six o'clock in the morning, you know, not time for a treat. Daddy, please, can I have a treat? Please, 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 can I have a treat? No, you can't have a treat. All right. Sometimes I'm like, go ask your mother. <laughs> All right. Because I know she's going to say no. <laughs> right? so, so I'm like, no, you can't have a treat. Please, daddy. Please, daddy. Can I have a treat? And then I've told you this before. I'll say this. You know what? You do whatever you want. And then she's like, 
No, no, no. I don't want to treat anymore. <laughs> right? I don't want to treat anymore. No, no, no. You have whatever you want. If you don't want to listen to me, you do whatever you like. The car keys are right here. And <laughs> daddy's credit cards. <laughs> Just make sure the pill bills are paid. Okay? Right? You do whatever you want. And they know that's an indication of saying, listen, if you want to keep going with this, go ahead. I've told you no. You don't want to listen to somebody being kind to you. So then you have your way. And they understand that that's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I just wanted a treat. But no, nah, we don't need a treat. We don't need a treat if it's going to be like that. <laughs> you know, like, so, so then the Lord does the same thing. He says, you do whatever you'd like then. If you really want that, you have it. And you will see what it will get you. Now we read in, in the Old Testament that the reason that the half tribe of Manasseh, the, the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad, why they really wanted, why they really, really wanted this um, land was this reason. It's good for our cattle. So in their mind, it was good for their wealth. That's, what, that's why they wanted the land. Do you remember another uh, person earlier in the Bible that made a decision based on better land? Lot. Exactly. Lot said, he looked out, Abraham gave him the choice, and Lot said, I'll have that nice green pasture over there. Do you know where that led him? It led him to be homeless and in a cave. When we find Lot later on, he's moved into one of the most wicked cities. He sits at the gate as their elder. And the Lord has to come down with angels to, to get him out as quick as possible. And the only people that make it out are him and his two daughters because his wife turns around because she really, really loves the city, right? And listen, there are things that we love and we love it so much, we turned a blind eye to the evil in it, right? We turned a blind eye to the evil in it. I'm not gonna go get into that. You look in your own life for that. You look around at the things that you love and you study and you ask the Lord. You say, Lord, there's any way in me that is against you, that's offensive to you, let me know. He'll let you know, you know. There are things that we, we hold on to and we say, no, no, this is good. I love it. I love it. Hey, don't become a pillar of salt. That's all I'm saying. If the Lord's telling you get away from it, get away from it. So anyway, Lot makes that decision. So it's the same thing, almost the same thing happens with Reuben and Gad. They put themselves in a bad position. They actually historically aren't in a, a great position. So they wanted land that was good for their cattle and it cost them their children. It cost them their kids. And I'll tell you what, if you want to live a life that doesn't enter in where the Lord wants you to enter in, if you want to live a life like that, uh, to, that, to enter in. If you want to live a life that is, a, is not to what the Lord wants, to stop and say, listen, I'm not going into what your will is for me. 
it will be at the cost of something in your own life. You will be sacrificing things in your own life more than just being obedient to the Lord and Him loving you and blessing you and leading you and walking with you. You will say, no, no, Lord, I know how to take care of me. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to take care of me. And the Lord will say, have it your way. You take care of you then. But when you need me, just come running, right? Because our God doesn't sell us off. He'll just stand there. He's a gentleman. He stands there. He says, you don't want, you want what you want, then that's cool. When you want me, I'm here. Remember, it says, draw close to the Lord, draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Right? So, half tribe of Manasseh, the tribes of Reuben and Gad had already received their grants of land on the east side of the Jordan. For Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously assigned this land to them. Their territory extended from uh, a rear on the edge of the Arnon Gorge, including the town in the middle of the gorge, to the plain beyond Medeba, as far as Dibon. It also included all the towns of King Sihon of the Amorites, who had reigned in Heshbon, and extended as far as the borders of Ammon. It included Gilead, the territory of the kings of Gesher and Maka, all of, the Mount, all of Mount Hermon, all of Bashan, as far as Selica, and all the territory of King Og of Bashan, who had reigned in Ashtaroth and Edri. King Og was the last of the Rephites, for Moses had attacked them and driven them out. But the Israelites failed to drive out the people of Gesher and Maka, so they continue to live among the Israelites to this day. Now, I read that sentence, and I think to myself, Lord, let not, let, don't let that be the sentence of my life. That, that Dave was obedient to the Lord, but he wasn't faithful to get rid of the things he needed to get rid of. So they lived with him to that day, to the day he died. Because he just wasn't willing. Because he just didn't trust his Lord enough. And again, I'm using me as an example because I don't want to offend you, but I mean you. Is that going to be the story of your life? That you didn't conquer or take out what the Lord told you to take out and conquer? Is that going to be what is said about you? I'm reading this book. It's called uh, Life Sentences, right? And it's not about being in prison. Um, It's about, it's looking at God's word and seeing certain lines that define uh, some of the supporting characters in God's word or some of the characters. So when I um, first arrived here in Birmingham, the founding pastor asked me a question and he said this, Dave, um, who are the main characters or the main character of the Bible, right? And I'm thinking to myself, "Um, I know the Bible, right? I've been reading the Bible since I was little. Like the whole thing, Old Testament, New Testament. I've read it in so many different translations of English, you know? There were times where I was reading the King James, just full King James, the New King James. For years, I, was, I studied out of the New King James. For years, I studied out of the NIV. 
And when I came here, we studied out of the NIV until about 2011. And then in 2011, we switched over to the NLT for certain reasons, right? Now, now I read out of the NLT. I know, I see your eyes watching the light. I'm like, don't worry, I'm ready. Well, you know, I've been training. It's okay, I'll see you, all right? Everybody see it on the live stream? Look good? On my face, all right. Um, man, I ain't bothered, man. So, you know, like, it's cool. Like, things could blow up in the back and things like that. The Lord's like, keep teaching. Okay, I'll keep teaching. Yeah, got to keep my train of thought going here. So, um, you know, stay. All right. Hey! <laughs> There we go. All right. It's not bothering me anymore. Um, is it still lit okay, Tom? All right, good. See, Tom, Tom's my man. He got it. He's got it down back there. So um, what were we talking about? The light? It's not as obedient as my dog. Right. Reading the Bible since I was a little kid, right? And, he, and the pastor asks me this question. And he says, man, who's the, who's the main character? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean... You, uh, some books have different main characters, right? Like, you know, in, in Genesis. Tell me, who's the main character of Genesis? Right? I mean, we're introduced to so many people in Genesis. Like, what were we talking about, man? And then, and then we talking about the book of Esther? Well, obviously it's Esther, right? Um, who we talking, Joshua? Joshua's the main character of Joshua. What you talking about? <laughs> and then he says, Dave, as according to Luke 24, who is the main character? of the scripture. And I'm like, Jesus, bro. <laughs> oh man, trick question, man. You know, like sometimes somebody asks you a question and you start thinking super complex. And then they're like, no, what was the Bible talking about the whole time? Jesus says it himself in Luke 24, that the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms all spoke of him. And some of you guys are like, I have not read Jesus in the Old Testament, the name Jesus in the Old Testament at all. It's foreshadowing. He was telling us about what he was going to do. He wrote it throughout history, what he was going to do, that God himself was going to come and be our savior. I mean, that that is Joshua's name. That the Lord saves. That's what Joshua's name means. The Lord saves. In, in, in a simple rendering. Joshua is a picture of that. Joseph was a picture of Christ. We see tons of pictures of Christ. Lesser than Christ's. Right? And as we learn in God's word and we walk, you know, we, um, we sit there and we forget not just who the main character is, we also forget the one we're following. And as we see all of these things, um, verse 14, it says, Moses did not assign any allotment of land to the tribe of Levi instead 
As the Lord had promised them, their allotment came from the offerings burned on the altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. We'll talk about this next week because the, the Levites, they didn't get a portion of land at all. That might seem super unfair. Like every other tribe gets a portion of land except for the tribe of Levi. They get, they get no portion that's theirs. And there were reasons why the Lord did this. But one of the main reasons was that the Levites were he, God's own people. It's almost as if he traded them for what was his. He says, I'll, I'll take the tribe of Levi. They're going to be mine. They're going to be mine. And, and he says it a couple of different times. He says, I myself will be their allotment. I am their inheritance. Sounds kind of weird, right? God is their inheritance. But we'll talk about that next week, right? So then verse 15, Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the tribe of Reuben. So if we look at how it was all divided up, Reuben would be to the south of the east of the Jordan River. The east, this way. Well, if we're looking, you know, the east. <laughs> that way to you guys right, of the Jordan River on a map. So they would be the south. Reuben would be the south. So you're going to hear a lot of names, a lot of cities that are, that are um, said often. Those are the border towns for them between the different tribes and the different clans. So Reuben had the south of the east of the Jordan River. Their territory extended from Aurora in the edge of the Arnon Gorge, including the town in the middle of the gorge, to the plain beyond Medeba, including Heshbon and the other towns as the plain, Dibon, Bamoth Baal, Beth Baal Mion, uh, Jay, uh, Jahaz, Kedemoth, Kephath, Kirithium, uh, Sibmiah, Zirith, Shehar, on the hill above the valley, Beth Peor, to the slopes of Pisgah, uh, Pis, yeah, Pisgah, and Beth Shemoth. The land of Reuben also included all the towns of the plain and the entire kingdom of Sihon. Sihon was the Amorite king who had reigned in Heshbon and was killed by Moses, along with the leaders of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, princes living in the region who were allied with Sihon. The Israelites had also killed Balaam, son of Beor. Do you, any of you guys rem, remember that guy? Balaam, son of Beor. Okay, we'll go back and talk about him in a second. Who used magic to tell the future. The Jordan River marked the western boundary for the tribe of Reuben. The towns and their surrounding villages in this area were given as a homeland to the clans of the tribe of Reuben, so the south. The land given to the tribe of Gad, Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the tribe of Gad. Their territory included Jazer, all the towns of Gilead, and the half of the land of Ammon, as far as the town of Aurora, just west of Rabbah. It extended from Heshbon to Ramoth Mizpah and Betonim and from Mahanam to the territory of Lodabar. 
And one thing that strikes me every time we read about this, because we read about these three or two and a half clans that stayed on the east side of the river. You guys remember what Moses told them. I know your tricks. You're going to be disobedient to the Lord on that side of the river, and you're not going to fight for your brethren. And we've talked about that before. You have everything you have. Now you're going to sit back, not help anybody out when the Lord told us we need to take over the land. And they were good to that promise. You know, like we'll read at the end of Joshua, they helped to fight and conquer all the areas for each of the tribes. Now listen, when a tribe was given a certain portion of land, that tribe was still responsible for some fighting for themselves. So, so like the main defenses were taken out, but there were still people in the land that they needed to like just get rid of. So each tribe, there was a, there was a corporate responsibility that they had. And then there was an individual responsibility that they had. Reminds me of church, right? We have a corporate responsibility, but then you have an individual responsibility in your own life to the Lord. Something of a realm I can't enter into. And if I have to enter into, then we're in trouble, right? It's like, bro, you shouldn't be doing this, man. Like, let me, let's pray. Let's repent about what you're doing because you're being irresponsible in your individual life, right? And we pray that we don't have to do that. And I also have an individual responsibility. In fact, it's my individual responsibility that actually makes me able to stand here in front of you. Because there, there are things outlined in the Bible that if I don't keep up to, I have no right to stand here. I have no right to lead or anything like that if I don't keep to individual, independent things in my own life between me and the Lord. It's the same with you. Don't just say, yo, Pastor Dave, you know, he'll live holy for us. I can't live holy for you. I ain't Jesus. If you banking on me to get you into heaven, you are going to be sorely disappointed. I'll be standing at the gates and they'll be like, oh, um, what's this guy's name again, Pastor Dave? His name is Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I know Pastor Dave. <laughs> Jesus is going to be like, yeah, okay. Pastor Dave's in. <laughs> Come on. What about you? You know, that's what I'm talking about, Jonah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so we got individual responsibility. It's all right, man. The kids got to get the monkeys loose. You know what I mean? I'm cool with it. As long as you guys are cool with it. I'm all right. I mean, our church is child heavy, right? We got a lot of children. That means we have a growing church. Got to be okay with the inconvenience. You walk into my house, I got three little girls. They are half monkey. Like, they're swinging off of things. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, and people are like, cheeky little monkey. I'll be like, more than you know. <laughs> you know, I have this three-year-old that thinks she can fly. Yeah, so she jumps off the sofa. Normally crying. But, you know, she can fly. It's cool. Can't tell her any different. So we have this responsibility. And when it came to those, those two and a half tribes, they said to God, I don't 
want what you have for me. I don't want your promised land. I don't want to be led by the Spirit. Because remember, when it's, when it's living the promised land, we're not talking about heaven. I've told you this before. We're not fighting wars in heaven. Heaven is our place of 100% rest and living with the Lord. The Israelites still knew that their promised land, there was still glory with God afterwards. So the, the promised land for us, the picture that it makes for us is living with the Holy Spirit, leading us, living a life where the Spirit um, fills us and, and Jesus feeds us. And God the Father fills our needs, right? That's what we're talking about. So when the Lord's like, okay, you're now my child, come follow after me. And you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm all right. I got salvation. I'm good with that. There are some that will enter heaven, Paul put it, as through the flames. You ain't got no treasure in heaven, man. But you're going to be happy. It's okay. You're in heaven. You're just going to be <laughs> like, oh, man, I just got in here. <laughs> What's going on around here? <laughs> what happened to you? I don't know. I died in the nightclub. <laughs> you know? I was on something, some ecstasy or something. It was all good, man. But, you know, all of a sudden, boop, I'm in heaven. You know, you, you think Jesus is going to be like, okay, well, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't even know your name. <laughs> Who are you? You know, <laughs> this is Steve. He just, find, he just signed up 10 seconds ago. <laughs> okay, Steve, nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding around. But like, hey, by the skin of our teeth. Do you want to live that type of life? Or do you want to live with the Lord and have what the Lord has for you? Obedience. It's in his word. Like how we need to live. How we need to follow after him. And I've told you before, that's why I love the book of James. The book of James is very simple. There are some people, they don't like the book of James. Book of James is like, hey man, when you pray for, when you lack wisdom, pray to God, he will give you wisdom. Ah, Light comes on. Boom. Oh, there you go. You know? Hey, if you see someone in need, help them. Oh, okay, cool. He's telling us real simple how to live. He, he, he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I mean, if you, if you need it simpler than that, then maybe you don't understand English. Right? He's telling us how we need to live. And then God's word tells us more and more of how we need to live before him. Don't be somebody who is this borderline Christian sitting on the fence all day. Be somebody who says, you know what, man, Lord, you say you got promises for me. I'm in 100%. I'm with you. There are going to be some battles, Lord, but I know you're standing with me. And I know that I have victory with you. Let's do this. Right? Let's go. So the will of the Lord was to give them the promised land and the west on the west side of the Jordan River. These tribes were fine not listening and not entering in. They were fine. When it comes to believing the Lord for salvation, the Lord Jesus did the work. 
I don't have to do anything, right? When it comes to being his disciple, it's not a command. It's an invitation to come into the promised land, to come live how the Lord wants you to live. Jesus says in Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26, Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26, and it reads this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Hey, listen, if you're concerned, overly concerned about your cattle and the land that's good for it, and you don't care what else God has for you, and you don't care about the relationships around you, guess what? You will grow your cattle. You will grow wealthier. You will take care of your material things, your finite things all the time, but it will be at the cost of your relationships, your relationship with the Lord. It will be at the cost of your children. It will be at the cost of your relationship with your husband or wife if you just want to take care of you. Because God is calling you in deeper, trying to say, I will take care of you I want you to do and be obedient to what I tell you to do. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Children, be obedient to your parents. Parents, guide your children in the way that they should go. In love. The Lord tells us how to do everything. I have to actively follow and obey into uncharted land. I have to actively follow and obey into uncharted land if I want to be his disciple. If I want to move into the promised land where the Lord, where the Holy Spirit leads, Jesus feeds, and the Father gives us our needs. That's how I got to go. And know this, you don't have to come. The choice might be better for you to have your material wealth and things, but just like Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, it will cost you dearly. It will cost you dearly. Listen, my girls may never be able to grow up and say, my daddy was rich but they'll be able to grow up and say, my daddy loved Jesus. And that's what he taught me. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with not being in the rich list. And if the Lord ever put me on the rich list, let me, let me tell you something. I wasn't trying. Okay? And guess what? If I'm rich, we're all rich. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I'm, these are the things we, we just need to lay it down. Guys, the Lord amazes me how often I inconvenience my life and get uncomfortable. I was talking to my friend this morning about doing that. 
like how often the Lord says, Dave, I need you to get uncomfortable. I need to, to, be in, to inconvenience your life. But don't worry. I'll bless you. Okay. I'll go do it. You know? And <laughs> I know my flesh is in me, like reluctantly saying, again, bro? Come on, man. You're not going to get to bed till three in the morning again, bro? Because you got to go see somebody to, to go encourage them in Jesus or again, bro? And that's when I'm king over my life. And I say, you be quiet. I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do. I'm going to burn out bright. Right? The Lord is good. He's good to us. He takes care of us. Don't be one of these. um, I've said it before. Even in our own church, I find there's some of us that hang out on this cliff where the Lord's like, hey, come follow me. And you're like, nah, I'm good. This looks like a good campsite. I'm going to stay here. And we're constantly calling out, come on, follow the Lord. Come on, let's go. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. This is good campsite. Okay. You live it the way you want to live it. It's good. But when you come to my house and you see the blessings the Lord has given me, when you see the family the Lord has given me, because I'm not talking about material wealth. I'm not talking about health wealth. I'm talking about just joy, just goodness. Don't you be jealous because you could have had it too. I've had people come into my life and how come your family is good? How come you love each other? I'm so jealous. It's called Jesus, man. It's called laying down your life, picking up his, his cross and following after him and blessings follow blessings follow. The Lord is good. I can't tell you guys enough. And I'm not just saying this to be like some holy pastor from the front. Hey guys, the God is good. No, I'm telling you, God is good. He's good all the time, even when it's dark, even when it seems like it's not working out. Guys, this week, I was, I was a little discouraged, right? Because I feel like, man, I work, I work, I work, I help people, I help people, I help people. And I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And it seems like people are like, eh, thanks. And you're like, come on, man. Come on, stop, start walking with the Lord, man. That's, that's what I feel like. Stop, stop getting in all these little stupid things that you get into. Trust him. Walk with him. Though it's dark, the dawn will come. We have to trust him. Got to move forward. Let's pray. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you, Lord. Lord, I know that you ask us, and, it, it, and it's for us to choose if we want to follow after you, if we want to be your disciples. Lord, I pray that we would be your disciples, Lord, that we wouldn't be these camp-out artists and just stay there and say, nah, I'm good. I'm good at the border. I don't need to enter in. The view's nice here. It's nice. My cattle are growing. I got fat heifers. It's good. Lord, that we'd go in knowing 
that you say, Lord, hey, if you follow after me, I'll still bless you. Lord, how often I see that you keep to your word and you offer us the desires of our hearts. You fill us and you stuff us full of joy. And Lord, you, you grow our faith so that when bad times come and look us in the eyes, we could say, I have a hope that's bigger than you. And his name is Jesus. Lord, revive us. Wake us up in you, Lord, so that we would follow after you. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.